guys. And I know that you guys party hard and you go hard in the paint. Longhorn Nation, we're back! All right, and welcome back, y'all. This is another episode of Fire the Cannon. I'm Megan. I'm Hannah. I'm Rocky. And this is Fire the Cannon. We have an amazing guest today. Let's do it. that I was expecting, but what else should I expect when I'm joining the ladies of Fire the Cannon? Woo-hoo. Welcome, welcome to Fire the Cannon. We have a lot to talk about. Megan, Hannah are here, and we're going to talk with Mike Hardball Harge. You know him from the radio, from the podcast. He has his Hard Schnucks Live podcast, pro baseball player back in the day. Now he's sharing his thoughts and knowledge with us about what it's like to be an athlete, a father, a community member, right? So let's talk tech. But first, Mike, tell us what you've been up to and about life covering San Antonio sports. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Thank you again. I I always enjoy chopping it up with you ladies. Y'all do a great job. And the way that y'all view sports is is very refreshing than most because y'all give it raw and uncut. And that's so funny and refreshing to me because, you know, because you got to be kind of censored. You got to censor yourself when you're doing sports talk radio and you're not on the XM radio station. So you got to kind of, you got to be guarded up a little bit, but I love the fact that y'all get a chance to say the things that y'all want to. Yes, I'm doing uh, radio in San Antonio. I'm on the ticket 760 now. You can find it on your iHeart app and just pull it up. It's from two to four every Monday through Friday. We're covering UTSA. I cover Texas State Bobcats. And of course, I'm still covering the Longhorns. So we got a lot to get into. And I'm excited to be a part of this with you ladies. So you were at the game Saturday night when our Texas State Bobcats lost at home to the Incarnate Word. What happened? Well, it's not an excuse. And if you've listened to Coach Spavital, he's a stand-up guy. He takes it just like anybody else, and there's no excuses for it. But I'm going to give you an excuse for them. They were playing (laughs) without 25 of their players. There were 25 players that were out of the game last week. Uh, His backup quarterback was in COVID protocol along with a couple other players. They've dealt with a lot of injuries. And like I said, they don't make any excuses. They know they should have won that game. But I don't care who you are when you're missing that much of your personnel. It's a little bit different in calling plays offensively and defensively to the point that you got to kind of look at it and say, damn, man, that's rough out there. But I will give Incarnate Word credit. They had a quarterback that was flipping that ball around looking like Pat Mahomes out there. And me and my uncle were sitting there talking about it. I was like, this dude is pretty damn good. So they better buckle up and get some things going. But no excuses. They took it on the chin. And now, just like everybody else, after Texas took their loss against uh, Arkansas, we took it on the chin, came back to work, and, and they got to get back after it. And that's what Texas State has to do, too. Right. UTSA, it's a great time to follow them right now. Jeff Trailer is building. Absolutely, Not- Jeff. He's got a great running back. You know, Sincere McCormick is one of the top running backs in the country that no one ever talks about. And I don't know why we're not talking about him because listen to his name, Sincere McCormick. That's somebody (laughs) that you want to talk about. How do you ignore a guy named Sincere? Exactly. You got to be. He's so sincere when it comes to it. It's for real. (laughs) But yeah, so Jeff Trailer, you know, a lot of people know him from his time at the University of Texas, but he's better known for his time at Gilmer when they were winning state championships. And now he's in UTSA building the fan base, building that culture that, you know, the word culture is used so much 
nowadays. But when you look at the things and it's moving in a positive direction, you got to give credit where credit is due. And I know that the support is definitely something that they're trying to get uh, more people behind. And I think now is the time you said it at the beginning, Rocky, if you're going to be a part of something, you want to be in on the ground floor. This is a time with a new coach that is giving you everything. And they've got some big upset wins. I mean, think about it. They beat Illinois. Yes. Open up the That's season. insane. So, How about so that? They're doing their things. Go So get up there and support the road runners as well. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So we were this weekend, you said you were at Texas state, but I know you watched the replay of the Texas rice game. Megan and I were dancing to salt and Peppa before the game. <laughs> so was I. I was just in a different part. Yeah. Hannah was, Hannah was there too. Yo, my 10 year old, my 10 year old, this is, I've never been more proud of my kiddo. Well, I mean, you know, but she was up there and she recognized a lot of the songs. So I'm feeling pretty proud as a mom that I've exposed to some like legit (laughs) music. And so she's up there dancing and singing and she's got her phone and she's recording her own videos to show her friends. And I was like, I'm a proud mama right now. That's cool. (laughs) Isn't that fun? I love it. I love it. Yeah, Yeah, I got to say, S&P, like that's a big get. That's a big get. Now we had Ludacris before, but that was a night show like after things were going on and to have s p to open your game come right. on man that's, that's pretty cool like the crowd was hopping people were hyped up oh, yeah. and it was like everybody right like every kind of fan all ages all sizes everybody man everybody was digging on it it was what a great get and what a great game day atmosphere we're building at ut it's a lot of fun i love it yeah that's a great it. point megan um one of the things about salt and pepper is they attract right a really diverse group and it was a mix of people all kind of mm-hmm. people were were having a party it was fun and it got people hyped i think for those that went over to the salt and pepper it had them hyped for the game all right one thing I kind of complained about the game last week that got fixed because i said it's all right they'll fix it the long lines to everything to me yep, that was yeah. fixed i don't know how but they fixed it in one game Good job, everybody. <laughs> from what I understood, from what I understood, the reason why we had such those long lines was because a lot of workers did not come. Mm-hmm. And so they were behind. And so I heard that this past weekend for Rice, that's why you were able to get in and out of your line. They had almost 500 people come into work from different areas to kind of kind of help move things along. I know game day atmosphere is something that nobody was really expecting at that time. And you got to be prepared when fans are going to be in these places because like you Rocky and Hannah and Megan, I don't like waiting in line either. So I want my drink when I want my drink. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was, they did a a really great job. Okay. Let's talk real game stuff. All right, right. right, Mike, what did you love when you rewatched the game? What were you excited about seeing that? needed to happen and happened for you well you know and people are going to say it was rice and this that and the other but at the end of the day you wanted to see a complete ball game from your team all phases doing something positive Um, I wasn't really into the score I was really watching how the players were reacting how the team was moving and how each play call that was given how it was executed You know, obviously everybody still has a bad taste in their mouth from the Arkansas and rightfully so because Texas was manhandled. Let's just say that they were manhandled, they were tied up and they were whipped. And so at the end of it all, you wanted to see how they were going to back, 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 back it back up. And then they went out there and they executed on all phases of the game. And at the end of it, that's all you can ask for. And I don't, I, you know, I, I don't fall into the category of, well, it was rice. That's what should have happened. We need to, and I heard you talk about this before, Megan, we need to get from the expectations of it's Texas. They're supposed to do this. We need to get into accepting that we're on the road to recovery. And when things are positive, we need to stay positive and look for those small victories because that's what I saw. I took those as small victories, what we saw this past week. What about yeah, y'all? I, I think for the fans, okay. I, like you said, we, we were firing on all cylinders. One thing that was cool to see, though, in that regard, is that 
we saw a glimpse of what a fully functioning Steve Sarkeesian offense will look like against a lesser defense for sure. But it was, it was refreshing knowing that, oh, they really are working on stuff. And when things are clicking, this is going to be really good. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Right. So, yeah, I've, yeah. I've got to say my kind of to your point, like, yeah, we saw the guys firing all the way around. Everybody was rallying behind Casey. And this was something I was saying, you know, Casey's got that intangible. And we saw it with Sam Elliott too. The team just rallies behind Casey. That dude stays ready. I was, I was screaming that at Arkansas, screaming it, you know, all last week. Casey stays ready. And when he has his time to shine, he's in. But it's not just the X's and O's. He's an incredibly football smart quarterback. No question. He's a student mm -hmm. of the game. But he's got that je ne sais quoi, right? He's got that it factor where the guys yes. just rally behind him. And yeah, I agree. Look, I want to speak to that comment of, you're right, Harge. We've seen a lot of folks say, oh, it's just Rice. F that, man. It doesn't matter. Look at, take the team out. You know, I saw a few comments on Twitter that were like, oh, quarterback play didn't matter. You know what? That has to be the biggest, like, show me you don't understand football without saying you don't understand football, right? Like, I, of course, quarterback play matters. And you're right. The level of opponent was different, but our level of play was elevated. We came out, we executed on every level. And you're 100% correct. The way, the way that I saw it was, and I, and I was going to not talk about the quarterback situation because it's so, it's so volatile to a lot of people, which is kind of crazy, which is kind of crazy to me because, you know, I work in the healthcare community. So I talk to a lot of people as well. And so when, whenever I go into a doctor's office, and obviously most of them know what I do outside of healthcare, they're always asking me, why is that quarterback battle or conversation so dominant? And I was like, you know, I wish I had the answer to that because no matter which way that you decide, there's someone that's going to rebut you every single time about the reasoning you like that person. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like politics. I always tell people, I don't ever want to talk politics to you because I will never change your mind and you will never change my mind. And we just get frustrated with each other. And it should never be that way. The quarterback position, especially at the University of Texas, is so heated because people need to understand, I don't care if Rocky, Hannah, or Megan was playing quarterback. If they're moving the ball and we're winning, that's who I want playing. And not turning the dang thing over. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't <laughs> care who our quarterback is. Did we win? And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The reason why I was in Casey's corner is because of the things that everyone is now finding out, how he's a student of the game. I knew that. <laughs> Giving him the opportunity, because I still feel it's easier to pull a senior out than it is to pull a freshman out because of psyche, because of mental makeup. And I'm not saying Hudson Card isn't a strong mental person. I don't, I, I, I don't know him to that level. I know he's a competitor and I know he's probably pissed off and he should be that he's not the quarterback at the University of Texas right now. But do I believe that he's going to be special at some point? Absolutely. But I also believe that Casey has put the time in. And I know he didn't earn the, uh, what do you say, the returning Letterman title because it's a brand new coaching staff and they didn't get a chance to know the kid. And I respect that. But when the lights are on, my man is home. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah, for he, sure. He's ready to go. So I think the coaching staff, and of course, like this is their first season. They'd never experienced coaching him in a real game before. They just, you know, seen replays of Alamo bowl and, you know, other times he took snaps last year, but I think they're finally getting what you and I, Mike, and, you know, Megan, you also, and a bunch of us fans have said all along, like when it comes to game time, he just, he balls out. I mean, and I'm sure he practices just fine. I mean, that was a heated battle in camp. We all know that. But from what I've seen, 
when it's in the game, he just gets it done. Again, they didn't have a chance to see that. And I think they're seeing it now, obviously, and they get it. So. And he said it at his press conference too. He's, mm-hmm. he, if you, if you go back and listen to Monday's press conference, there's a lot of words that he said. And if you were, I don't want to overanalyze it, but it, in not so many words, he realized that some people look good in the shirts and the t-shirts and mm-hmm. then when the lights come on, things get a little bit different. And he's like, basically I'm walking around with a little bit of egg on my face right now because I jumped to a conclusion without really giving him a chance. Yeah. And I got to say, that's one thing I'm really impressed with Sarkeesian. And I don't know if it's just because again, PTSD from previous regimes, <laughs> right? But I really do think we have a coach that he's confident, but he's also the first to say, you know what? I, I made the wrong call. And, and he's really good at the coach speak, right? He's good at Jedi mind tricking us with everything, but he came out and said, look, Casey's a baller. Didn't, didn't get to see him in the beginning. Right mm-hmm. now, Casey's going to be our guy. He's going to be our starter. I, I really like during his presser, we had uh, somebody came out and asked him, oh, is Card going to see significant playing time? And we noticed a shift in Sark's response there, mm-hmm. right? He said, look, Casey's our guy. He's our starter. Of course, we'd like to get Hudson in and get him some game time, but it depends on the flow of the game. That's a big shift from what we had heard the previous two games, right? You know, yep. Card is a starter, Casey's a starter, but number two, QB2 is definitely going to get some playing time, going to get significant playing time. And here we're seeing, oh, he, we'd like to get them in, but it's going to happen <laughs> with the flow of the game. So I think that's a, a... Yeah, he's going all in with Casey for sure. That's a big shift, but an important one. Uh, and I think that really just speaks to Casey's preparedness and again, how the team plays behind him. Again, I don't, I don't want to hear this, it's Rice. I don't want to hear that. I want to see exactly what the team did And what they did against Rice was go out and execute on every level and listen to him as a leader. And I think that's something that was missed earlier is that Casey has just got that leadership. Those guys want to play hard for him. Love to see that. I agree. I like that he, when, when he made that comment, Megan, like you said, it went from, oh, we're going to get both quarterbacks playing time and we'll make sure they both get in the game. It went from that to just like you said, Casey's our guy. And if it works out that, that Hudson can help us, he'll, he'll see the field. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, right. I think I take that partly because he expects to be in a brawl with tech and rightly so. I know te- Texas went from opening at 13. Now the number's down to eight ish. A lot of people see it that way too, that Texas is not going to walk over tech this weekend. Um, we'll get to that in a bit, but I, when he said that it made me think one, he's going to be in a brawl this weekend and he's going to need his starter for a while. And two, he's not going to throw him in just to, placate Hudson's you know heart he's going to do what who was moving the ball and who's going to win that game and so he went from committing like you said to both of them playing to you know I'm going to keep my my winner in until the other one can help us win um the thing that I saw this past weekend that I am really really excited about is the running back situation we knew we had two good running backs right we all knew that now we know we have three at least three great running backs and the explosive yeah. plays. Sark's been saying for a while that his offense is meant to set up explosive plays. We were expecting the explosive to be more, you know, downfield passing, which there was a couple opportunities for that with Worthy, but the explosive run play, 62 yards, 72 yards, 65 yard runs, even a 25 yard for Brooks. Those explosive run plays were fantastic. The talent is there. Yeah, no doubt. And when you sit and you look at, like you said, all the backs that, that running back room has and get shout out to Stan Drayton. He just keeps recruiting good backs and, you know, the transformation and what she got for Roshan Johnson to become Mm -hmm. a running back. I still believe that he he made the ultimate sacrifice for this team last year when he went to running back, when we actually had a shortage and now he's one of the (laughs) premier backs that we have on this team, but you know, the explosive plays, that you're talking about those were the good old days we used to get those all the yep. time and we had those types of backs that could do that and if for some reason and this is something that a lot of offensive line coaches have been talking about and they've been trying to state this to this coaching staff get a body in front of the defender the running backs will take care of the rest of it just just don't miss a person 
that flies through the hole. Because if you touch them, the backs are able to make the moves and get to the next level. And I really like our chances one-on-one or two-on-one with our running backs because they're elusive, they're explosive, and they can turn a corner quickly. Um, Texas needs to establish the run. It's almost like the Dallas Cowboys. And I've said this numerous times. Dallas and and the Longhorns are my my heart and my soul, but also my nightmare (laughs) because they mirror each other so much. Like literally win-loss weekend. Exactly. I'm like, Okay, run the ball. If Dak has to throw over 50 times, we're not going to win the game. If Casey has to throw over 25 times, it's not a good look. Bijan Robinson is the bell cow of this team. We have to be able to establish the run. You know why? Because it keeps the other team off the field, and it gives your defense a chance to rest. So with those explosive plays, though, Teams get back on the field pretty quick. <laughs> I'll take them though. <laughs> yeah, I'll take them because they're scores. Just sprinkle them in the game, you know, sporadically. <laughs> we don't need one every drive, but I like it right. maybe once a quarter for sure. All right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and something to that point too, you know, Mike, you brought up our backs had a ton of yardage after first contact. We have guys that are shifty. We had guys that were making people miss, getting a hand on them, but you couldn't bring them down. So I agree with that wholeheartedly. Our backs are going to be the workhorses here, and we've got the workhorses and enough depth to be able to spread that workload out, right? I think that's a really important thing. Now, I do want to point out and talk a little bit about our much beleaguered offensive line, right? They, they were living a rough life after that Arkansas game. They had a lot of hate from a lot of different angles, you know, no, look, hate's the right word for it. That's just all that it <laughs> was true. coming out. So I, you know, I wanted to say one of the things that we saw, and, and we talked about this last time, Sark isn't going to go in when, when you've got a controlled experiment, right? You're not going to go in and change every single aspect. You're going to go in and change what you want to control. Casey was changed out. I had said this even during the Arkansas game. And, and I think it showed up in rice too. Our, our don't get me wrong our offensive line isn't going to be a world breaker there's no question we we're we're lacking some size there we're lacking a little bit of skill on where we need to be but that said i think they're serviceable now i want to emphasize serviceable i'm not saying perfect i'm not saying wonderful i'm not saying they're you know gonna go out and play every single one of them in the nfl but with a guy like Casey behind him and our running back room. And now we're starting to see our wide receivers show up, execute, block downfield, hit the routes that they're supposed to hit. These guys are serviceable. Mm-hmm. They're giving Casey enough time to make a decision, be it ball, be it check down, be it get it to their receiver or to the running back. They're giving him enough time. And, and again, yes, there were some problems where we have a weak rush that the pocket would collapse, but that wasn't happening all of the time previously. I think that was more a showing of indecisive play at quarterback. We're not going to get that with Casey. Casey's going to make those decisions. He's going to check down. He's going to tuck it and run, going to throw it. He, he knows what to do. So in that sense, you know, I, I'd like to give the O-line a little bit of love. They showed up. They did their jobs. They were doing what they're supposed to do. Now, yeah, we need to see that improved play. Do you all think this O-line holds up well in this upcoming tech game. How do y'all see that playing out? It's going to be more of a challenge because tech's D line is not a joke. They're not, they're not rice. Um, they're not Arkansas, but they're not rice. So it, I think this, they needed this week of confidence building, getting the run game going, seeing their, their work payoff with the big explosive plays that we talked about. My concern is that there are still are no changes to the lineup, right? We, the left side, Particularly, there's still no <laughs> changes to the lineup. And Mark <clears throat> is really Okafor. putting all his trust that Coach Flood is going to coach them up. And I hope that works out for them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I love that. That positive. Hannah, Hannah. <laughs> I'm glad we're getting this game sandwiched between the Rice game and the TCU game. Kind of like what you were saying, Rocky. It's, it's a step up for sure from rice for sure but i do feel better going forward um okay first of all like the quarterback we 
we spoke to to Sarkeesian's uh, humility in that, like he he does have a clear plan, but he's not afraid to kind of admit where he's wrong or adjust as he goes on and not feel like he has to justify by the binder or whatever. And we saw that with the quarterback situation. Now with the O line and the fact that we have not seen any replacements there, maybe he he truly has a method to his madness. And and we did see it work out a bit against Rice. And if he's confident with that, knowing that he's not afraid to make changes when they need to happen, you know, I, I think for now, we need to kind of just sit back and let things happen as they may and trust that he will adjust if, if need be. I think that we're, we're as my man, the late great Sean Adams would say, I think we're overcooking our grits on this one. And the reason why I say that is because we remember we had this battle last year with Texas Tech and overtime and all that other great stuff. It was a battle, battle, battle. But I think the biggest problem that we had last year was the coaching was very inconsiderate. I mean, inconsistent with the way that the game was being called. I think that game was- I mean, you weren't wrong the first time either. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. But, But when you look at how this team, and I'm gonna go to this offensive line. I don't think Tech's line, is, is, as we said, it's not Rice and it's not Arkansas. I think it's more of Louisiana Lafayette. And the reason why I say that is because they don't have the actual size that Texas has. Now, we can talk about that left side, left side of the line and them not being able to hold their blocks, but I think that this is going to be that time where we start to see the change on the line. There's going to be some better players that are going to emerge as we continue to go through this conference schedule. And the only, the only other reason why I will say that we're gonna see some changes is because of what we said about the Casey Thompson situation with the lights coming on. Some guys will be able to elevate themselves when the game starts and be able to control that situation. Because yeah, some of these older guys, because let's look at it this way. There's a lot of older guys that are getting a chance to play that were sitting behind some guys that we still had question marks about last year and a year before that. So mm-hmm. if those guys were sitting behind those guys, <laughs> then we need to let the younger guys come in and develop and grow right now. Because if you're going to coach them up, the older kids are pretty much set in their ways. You know, they always say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> So let's yeah. go ahead and start working on these puppies and make sure they're house broken by the time the game yeah. starts. I'm in, I'm in the same camp as you. What I said earlier is you don't change every factor all at once, but to me right now, quarterback settled. We've got our guy. We know who he is. Now is the time, you know, you start off with your line and I'm hoping that Sark is from Arkansas game to be able to make those adjustments later in game I I was saying this towards the end of last game I want to see guys like Hayden Connor get some chances I want to see Tope get out there and really like again these guys have bled for the program they're ready you know Tope's been around a little bit he's a junior Hayden's a new kid I I don't see the harm at this point in making those changes early in the game where we can adjust see how they're working out in these real game experiences get those snaps and reps in and and play with it from there. I'm I'm really hoping to see some changes like that. You know, Hannah, you've you've talked about Okafor. We're weak on that side. We need some love. We need some help. So definitely I, I'd like to see those changes earlier in the game rather than later. Um, and I think this is the perfect time to start making those tweaks. All right. A little positivity. I'm, I'm all about the positivity. <laughs> you mentioned Mike about getting those young, those young puppies in there, train them up. Here's a young starter that is blowing up. We need to give him some love, right? X go give it to you. Wait for you to get it on your own. X go deliver to you. Knock, knock. Open up the door. It's real. It's a nonstop. All right. They need to play this every time Xavier Worthy has the ball in any way, shape, or form. He's balling out, right? Man. They're finding ways to give him the ball. They use that little swing swing passing early on. They're get, he had some incredible, he had that great fourth down. They trusted him, went to him. They're even using him for kickoffs, a true 
freshmen. That's big responsibility. Um, even on the road last week, they gave him an opportunity. That's massive. It shows that they trust him. So I wanted to play for you the clip of Sarkeesian talking about Worthy and how he ended up at Texas. You know, the one thing X has, you know, I think he's got a real internal drive about him. You know, he came here with the mentality. He was coming here to work. He was coming here to learn a system. He was coming here to play. Uh, he wasn't going to wait his turn. And he's earned everything that he's gotten. Um, you know, I think we're starting to see, as you mentioned, the speed factor that he possesses. Um, it's unfortunate on the interception we threw. I think he might have had a, caught a touchdown on a big post right there. We, we took another shot to him on a deep ball that, again, I'm still wondering about him falling down mysteriously, but no flag was thrown. Uh, but the point of it is we, we're, I think, starting to find some ways to get him the ball. And he's comfortable doing that. He's comfortable moving around, playing multiple positions. Uh, and he plays well with the ball in his hands. You know, the fourth down conversion, you know, he broke multiple tackles for an explosive play. A couple of the jet sweep things he was able to get on the edge. Uh, he had caught a back shoulder fade. So he's got a pretty wide array of style of play to him. Uh, that lends us, you know, opportunities to do multiple things with him. All right. He went on to say, too, you know, he was recruiting him at Alabama and kept that relationship, left on good terms with him. And then, then he gets him at Texas. So that's pretty exciting that he, you know, that they've kept that good relationship and he wanted him. He wanted him at, at Alabama. So that's that's good that now they get to work together and get to see him. I mean, he's balling. He is so gifted, y'all. Oh, man. Just keep him healthy and just, yeah, put, keep him bubble wrapped when he's <laughs> not on the field. Um, and uh, man, it's exciting to see guys like him and uh, guys like Dijon, you know, in the same, on the same offense. It's, we got options, y'all. And that's the thing too, that I like, and I like the intro music for him because when, you know, that one part said, knock, knock, open up the door, it's real. And the reason why <laughs> I like that is because like you said, that's a touchdown moment right there because he's knocking on that door trying to get in there and he's going to be one of those wide receivers that we're going to be talking about for a long time especially because of the fact of Sark's offense the way he likes to exploit and try to look to throw the ball down the field he probably would have had a big play if Casey doesn't get hit in the chest on that uh, pass that he threw an interception because he was oh, about to get behind him so it was a good look, and I really, really am excited to see how he plans on using him for the rest of the year. Well, let's move to the defense. Shutout. First shutout in four years. Mike, when you played football, did your guys ever pitch a shutout on defense? We had a couple of them, but not like this, though. I mean, because there was an opportunity, and I was talking to a couple of my buddies yesterday. I said, you know, what I liked about the Rice coaches he didn't try to kick a field goal at the end of that game. He was working on something himself, but those young kids who got a chance to finally get out on the field, got a chance to preserve that, that shutout. That was a big moment. It was almost like, you know, when Derek Harris made the tackle, he ran off like it was a walk-off tackle. He made that play like Osai. It felt like Osai against <laughs> yes. Oklahoma State for him. Love to so, see it. Yeah. Love people. To see it. Yeah. You love to see that. So, Anytime you can get a shutout, I don't care who you're playing against. It's a big deal. And, you know, we keep saying they were talking about it's just rice. It's just rice. If you go back and you look at some of these other teams that play and they can put up a number like that, I don't, if you can put up 58 points on anybody and you can shut them out, that's a great day at the office. You should enjoy it. But now we're back to conference. Let's get ready to play. And we still have goals that can be achieved, and it starts on Saturday. We have to talk really quick. Well, okay, so special team <laughs> blocked, <laughs> blocked punt for safety, blocked kick, but then they got to kick again. But then by that point, the kicker's all out of his head, and then he misses it. He shanks it, right? So oh that is another big play for special teams because that could have been – the shutout would have been gone early, right, if they had gotten that three early – but the pressure was there, forced him to shank the next one. And then after that, like you said, they were the goal line stand was amazing. Like we said, complete. Uh, Y'all, can we complete talk about game. our new field goal kicker? Oh, <laughs> Mr. Hare. Mr. Hare? Yeah, yeah. that yeah. was fun. It was like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he got to play. That was awesome. 
all three phases, all three phases mm -hmm. played well. So that's, that's a start. That's a start. So we'll wrap up our talk about the rice game. And we talked a little bit about tech, but before we move on to tech, we have an announcement for you. We were part of the 1012 podcast network, uh, fire the cannon. And we get to be part of a network of podcasts from around the Big 12, like the Rock Chalk podcast that covers Kansas, Funky Frog that covers TCU, and other ones from around. Um, they talk all year long about all the sports, and we'll try to get some of them on when we play those teams throughout the year. And also, now, as part of the 1012 Podcast Network, we have a special gift for you. It's a big discount. So I know Christmas is coming up, holidays are coming up, tons of anniversaries, because why are y'all getting married during football season? Um, <laughs> right? My anniversary is coming up. I'm not gonna say anything. But, <laughs> no. right. So Gr Gridiron Metalworks, they have really cool gifts for college fans. So something these people probably don't already have. So branded grill gates, griddles, flower pots, stainless steel bookends, all kind of metalwork items with the Longhorn logo and the real Texas burnt orange color. If you mm -hmm. go to gridironmetal.com, scroll through, you'll find lots of Texas stuff. Scroll through, use Canon 12, C-A-N-N-O-N 12, and you will get a discount and you get free shipping over $100. So use Canon 12, go to gridironmetal.com, go get some gifts because holidays is coming. All right, moving on. Texas Tech is coming to Austin. Megan, how much do you hate tech? <laughs> man, I feel like every week I come in, I'm like, man, I hate these guys, right? Like, I hate everybody that isn't in burnt orange. But I got to say, I hate these guys, right? Like, uh, look, I, I will in the past few years, it's kind of mellowed out a bit. The hatred maybe doesn't burn quite as deep, especially now that we're kind of leaving them, leaving them in the dirt. But I will say tech always poses a threat. Their fans will get up. Their fans will be rowdy. They'll be crazy. Um, and, and tech loves to beat Texas. Everybody loves to beat Texas, but, but tech is one of those special ones where they just, they live for that. So while I, I, I have to agree with what Coach Sark said uh, in his presser that both UT and Texas Tech are very different teams than they were last year when we met in that, what was it, double overtime, you know, dual out in huh. Lubbock, it was hot as hell. Uh, you know, these are two very different teams going up against each other, but Tech's going to play with that fire um, and, and they're going to bring it at DKR and they're going to be ready for us. Uh, one of the things I'm really looking forward to is seeing if our D-line can get through and put pressure on the Tech quarterback. Um, I think that's going to be a big key to the game. Um, and it's something that we've seen some pressure before, but we haven't really seen that come to fruition yet with the turnovers. Um, I think that's going to be really important for, for our D-line to show up, throw big bodies around, and really dominate from the get-go. Yeah, I agree. I think the something we do not need to do is get behind to these guys early and then try to claw back. I'm not saying we can't, but it would be a lot better to come out really strong and uh, jump on the scoreboard first. In fact, like ideally, I'd like to get up like 14 to 3 maybe going into, <laughs> you know, halftime or you know what I mean. <laughs> I think how the game starts off is going to definitely set the tone for the rest of it. And um, yeah, like you said, they always play Texas tough and we don't want to get down to them early. Agreed with that. And, you know, as far as hating Texas tech and tech hating us, it is definitely a rivalry. They said that we're going to continue to play this game, I guess, for 25 more years, I guess. <laughs> the rivalry is going to be about, but yeah, there is definitely no love lost between the two universities, especially they're still mad because Chris Beard is at the <laughs> University of Texas. So they yeah. have venom for that. <laughs> they big man. They big, big man. But, and look, uh, Beard comes out for the coin toss. I hope he's there. I hope, I hope he's oh, with man. the kids running What's... out of the field. I hope he's holding the flag. I, I hope this. he's everywhere. I like, tweeted literally this. Everywhere. I, hope, I hope CDC and the athletic department pull some Texas Tech shit and have Beard up on the scoreboard announcing every score we make. <laughs> I want him in there. But yes, I do definitely hope that Chris Beard is there. I know that they're still hot at him. And I know that this whole situation with Texas and Texas Tech is going to be venomous. I got a bunch of buddies that went to Tech. Hell, Lindsay went to Tech. My wife went to Tech and she does not like Tech. So <laughs> they, they, gave her, they gave her the scholarship. So she was like, yeah. okay, I'll go to tech. But yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. So, but, but 
when you look at these fans and what's going to happen, um, I think it, we'll be able to be cordial. But once that buzzer goes off to kick it off the game, and then when it ends, I think everybody's going to get back to normal because Texas should win this game. Texas better win this game. They're the better team. They're the more athletic team. And if they don't, we got bigger problems than just Tech. The home field environment, uh, even though it's 11 a.m., it, it's still going to help. Like the first week, of course, everybody was excited for Sark. And it was a big kickoff, um, ranked team. Everybody was there. And then after a big loss at Arkansas, you would think it would have, you know, you always have the fans and be like, ah, I'm good, I'll watch at home. No, they packed the stadium again. The atmosphere was big again. Being a night game helped, but it was still a big game. So I have a feeling that even though it's 11 a.m., people are going to be out there with their mimosas and their Bloody Marys and the tacos, and they're going to be ready to go at 11. I will be. I, I feel like the atmosphere <laughs> is going to be really big help for Texas. I do have one question for you ladies. And I know that you guys party hard and you go hard in the paint. So with a game <laughs> like this, that's 11 o'clock. What time do y'all have to be there to set up your tailgate? That's because Megan. That's Megan. Yeah. Megan's work. Not I know. Yeah. Question. Is it me? Yeah. <laughs> we, I, I am usually out there for an 11 a.m. tailgate and, and I've been talking with my crew about this. We're not going to have as big a setup, but we'll be out there by at least seven, if not six or six thirty. Um, so yeah, it's uh these eleven a.m. I see some folks, oh, I love this eleven a.m. kickoff. I hate it because I gotta wake up at five <laughs> yeah, me too. and take my tired ass out and go set up a bunch of tents and stuff. But yeah, we're gonna have our Bloody Mary bar, we're gonna have our mimosas, we're gonna have tacos and Starbucks coffee, and we'll be amped and ready and I'll be nice and uh you know, filled full of Bloody Marys by the time we get the kickoff. But uh, yeah, it's it's an early start. That's there's no question there. Yeah, no doubt. No I guess doubt. the thing about it, though, you know, if if you're partying hard early, then you know when the game's over, you go home and take a nap. Right. That is the beauty part of it. And that is yeah, the I, definite beauty part of it. I don't mind any any kickoff time. I'm going to be there ready to go. Tell me to be there at 4 a.m. I'll be there at 4 a.m. Just tell me when to be adjust, and yeah. I'll be there at the game. I, to me, it doesn't matter. Is it hot? Is it cold? Whatever. I'll be there. That's fine. Um, it's just the only change is what I'm drinking or eating before the game. <laughs> That's really the only. Nope. That's right. There you go. Nope. Listen, Rocky is Pac-12 ready. Like she, she bring on those 8 a.m. games. Right? Whatever I need to do. Just let me know. That's right. So let's get back to the keys to the game. So we'll talk about what is it going to take to beat Tech this weekend at home. For Sark, he's already working on the plan for the running backs. We need to see them all. And people are like, well, we have three, maybe four, well, four great running backs. What are we going to do? This was, this was Sark's comment. Every game takes on a personality and life of its own. But I think clearly they've all got their own little unique style to them. Um, clearly Bijan is a, is a, you know, pretty well-rounded runner with the size, the speed, the elusive, you know, being elusive, uh, the physicality, the, the stiff arm, then the breakaway speed. I think Roshan, his football IQ really helps him. He is a big physical guy, uh, tremendous impact, pass protection, great hands. Keelan, a little different, change of pace, shifty. Uh, you can see that kind of fifth gear kick in on the touchdown run. Um, but all of them have their own role in the way they do it. I mean, Roshan and, and Keelan, are huge parts of what we do on special teams. Both those guys are critical to what we do on special teams. And I think the luxury that we have with those guys is they're all really good route runners and pass catchers. And so they give us versatility there as well. So we'll, we'll keep them in the mix. Um, but again, it's, it's a, it's a good problem to have. Good problem to have. Yes. His yeah. bag overfloweth. His cup overrunneth. Yes. Yeah. What a luxury it, to have. It is. It's definitely a luxury, but the thing about it is it's how you use them. It's where you put them in that spaces. Like he was talking about how Bijan is so well-rounded. Roshan is showing unbelievable growth and maturation over the years as a running back. And now they got him in the wildcat. And we had got an opportunity to talk to Roshan today and DeMarvian Overshawn. And that's kind of what he was talking about, you know, Sark's mindset of being able to put people in the right place. And, it's very unique strictly because of the fact that the way that the backs and the players were used over the last few years, it's refreshing. Now I know we got one sample size and, and we're, you know, we don't want to, as I said, overcook our grits, but 
when you have that much talent and you can see them being able to play at the next level, like those guys that Texas has, they will play at the next level because they are that talented. It's just a matter of you only got one ball to share and you got to be able to make sure you share it properly. I've got to agree with that. Yeah. And again, we've got that three headed monster, right? We, we talked about it with Arkansas, but I think it really is starting. Our running backs are really starting to emerge. I mean, how we even had Jonathan Brooks come in and score his first touchdown, right? So we're stacked. And I agree with that. It's going to be finding that balance. Do we need the guys that are just going to pound it to you? You know, like we're going to see that Bijan Dijon, right? Where he just takes it to you um, and you just can't bring him down. Are we going to need Rojo where he he blocks well, sees the field, and he gets open where, you know, you just wouldn't expect? Or are we going to see Keelan with that shiftiness where people just can't touch him, and then he's got these burners, man, that he will turn on and he gone. Man. He gone. Yeah, yeah he so, in the win for sure. Yeah, yeah. So we are – we're in a really good position, and gosh, it feels good to say that. It's been a long time since we've been able to say, I'm comfortable with one, two, three, or four running yeah. backs that we have coming in, right? No doubt. Um, yeah, I, I do think having that balance, though, um, having our guys downfield to pull away, Jay Witt has got to step up and, and have those good plays. I think we've got to see his hands be a little more confident. I love that he's blocking more. I think that's mm-hmm. that's really what we needed. Of course, we talked about Xavier Worthy earlier. He's going to be a playmaker here. We need to make sure that we are drawing tech out enough downfield so that they can't key in on our running backs and they can't crash the O-line and send a bunch up front, right? We can't be one-dimensional. So we really need to see some consistency with our, our receivers to pull that coverage away and give our guys a little bit of room to run. I think that's going to be really important. I'm looking for more Joshua Moore. That'd be nice. I was really hopeful, you know, being one of the upperclassmen leadership, I was hoping to see more of him this year. So far, we haven't seen enough. And also Jay Witt, we had, he exploded the first game last week. He had the exact same stat as Kai Money, one catch for seven yards. So I would like to see more from Joshua Moore and Jay Witt. And I hope that comes because, wow, he blew up the first game. And then I know the well, the offensive struggled with that Arkansas defense, but even against Rice, I would thought we would see more. And it was the Xavier Worthy show, which is fine. <laughs> but yeah. like, like you just said, Megan, they're going to be keying in and we need to have more options, not just for the run too, but we need more options and threats at receiver around the field or else they're just going to shut Xavier Worthy down. They're going to double him up. And then what do we do? We need to have these other guys step up but oh go ahead Hannah you might have been about to say this anyway so um one thing that was fun to watch is we got to see both of our tight ends get a lot of action in fact uh Jared Wiley scored his first touchdown of the year so two five two five four by the way he's from the two five four nice <laughs> I don't know Rocky was that what you were about to talk about the what uh, the tight end play no I, I mean I always oh well the tight end how fun <laughs> <laughs> no, I was actually going to talk about Marcus Washington's blocking downfield and his good stuff right off the line and that he's doing like what we call the donkey work, the, just the, the dirty work, the, the thing that actually sets stuff up. And we had given him praise for it in the last couple of games, but wow, we saw it again this weekend and he got to start, which was exciting because we were hanging out with his dad. His dad is awesome. New, new Carl. We got, we hung out with him Friday night and he, partied with us at salt and pepper before the game right Megan and um he's a cool cool dude so proud of his son hangs back doesn't take any attention away from his son but cool cool dude and he couldn't have been more proud we were at dinner Friday night and he got the call that his son was starting and kept his head down kept to work new new coaching staff got to see him in a new light and he went out there and balled and did the physical work they need that uh, you know big body to do and I'm excited to see him start getting some catches there too. Yeah, I'm excited for him. He's one of my favorite players and he's been one of my favorite players from the beginning because I knew when he came in that he had a lot of upside and he just needed to get coached up and be in that position to where he can develop himself into a big time wide receiver. He still hadn't had the game yet that we've been waiting for, for him to have that one breakout where it's like, okay, now we can call on him, but I know it's right around the corner. And hopefully he can get that job done pretty soon. And congratulations to him on that start as well. 
Oh yeah, that was super exciting. Super exciting. All right. So we can't wrap up this conversation looking ahead to tech without giving our game day predictions, four predictions against tech. The, like I said earlier, the line started at 13. It's now down to about eight and a half. I don't know where it'll be by Saturday morning, but let's go around. Uh, we'll start with Megan. Give us your score prediction, Megan. All right, look, I'm going to say Texas beats the original line. We win by more than 13. Um, I think Texas shows up, balls out. Casey still got that chip on his shoulder, and we got some guys that are excited. So uh, I'm going to take it Texas 35, Tech 24. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's say that. 35, 21. What would that be? 14? Yeah, there we go. 14, 35, <laughs> 21. All right, yep. Hannah, what you got? Okay, so I'm going to... I'm going to go 34 because I say we score like seven solid or seven, <laughs> four solid touchdowns. Then we kick, you know, a couple of field goals. I'm going to go 34 Texas. Ver- um, I'll say 21. I-, I will put it right above the original spread. All right. Okay, so you got 34, 21? That's what I said. Yes. Okay. I th- okay. That's what I'm going with. Right. <laughs> I think. Well, I- I- I'm going 38, 20. Texas wins, and I think they do it handily. I think they uh, Texas Tech gets a late touchdown, unlike last week. I don't think they're going to be able to shut them out, but I'm, I'm also thinking that they get a garbage touchdown late in the game to make it 38-20, Texas. Nice. I like it. I like it. All right. I say 58-0. to zero. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> She's all I like in, it. I like all it. All yeah, gas, have- no breaks, baby. It's going to be more of a defensive struggle. I don't have that many points. I don't see Texas covering, but I do see them winning. So I'm going to go more in the 27, 21 range. Um, Just because I feel it's going to be a lot more defense than we're expecting until I see more receivers step up around help. I mean, I'm trusting the run game. Of course, that runs a lot of time. So I'm going to say 27, 21. Oh, that's so Rocky. I, I mean, we don't play defense in the Big 12, haven't you heard? Oh, oh my I gosh. Heard that. Yeah, some, <laughs> some lazy national reporter told me that. So right. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So let's let's wrap it up. Um, thank you so much, Mike Hardball. Tell our friends how to find you on the radio and your podcast and where else they can find you. You can find me on iHeartRadio if you're in Austin, Texas. You go to Ticket 760 out of San Antonio. You can also, if you're in San Antonio, you can pull it up on your radio station on your dial while you're driving around. You can follow me at the Harge Knox Life podcast. Um, Different guests every week. I have Jake Spavital on. I talk a lot of Dallas Cowboys and Texas Longhorns. And you can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Harbaugh Harge. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure, mister. Thank y'all so much for having me. It's always good chopping it up with y'all. And I'm going to say this before we go. Fire cannon! cannon. (laughs) That was perfect. That was perfect. All right. Thanks for listening. I'm Rocky. I'm Hannah. And I'm Megan. And we are Fire the Cannon. Gonna give it to you. Wait for you to get it on your 